So I, since July 5th, have been on Weight Watchers. Um, I know I'm a girl. Uh, you can, you know, mock me. Uh, I'm kind of an ugly, bald girl with a beard. But anyway, um, I, I basically am just full on, man. You got to like go for this if you're going to go for this. And so if you come to my house, you will see me uh, literally weighing every, every piece of meat that I eat gets weighed. Uh, I count pretzels, Cheez-Its, Teddy Grahams, anything of number. I have to know the exact amount I've eaten. My kids are always making fun of me. Um, Landon the other day actually came to me. I was laying on the couch watching football, and he came to me, and he had three quarters of a cup of Captain Crunch scooped out. And he goes, I thought you might want a snack, because he knows that's exactly what I can have, okay? So he even he's in on this now. He's helping me, you know? And uh, for the most part, I do pretty well. Most, most nights I go to bed, and I'm like, all right, I, I did good, and I feel full, and I'm all right. I'm going to make it. But then there are those days, man, where you're just like, I need to eat more. Like, I need to just eat, you know? Uh, Kelly makes some chicken parmesan or something like that, and it's just like, oh, I just want to reach across that table and throw the scale out the window first and then continue to eat as much as I want. And I'm just not satisfied where I am. I want more. And I hope that that is a picture of what God's doing in your heart. He's doing that in my stomach, hopefully your heart, in this series is that he is making you more hungry for him, for who he is, to be closer to him, that there's something inside you saying, I want to know God more. I want to be closer to him. I want to be nearer to him. That first week, I just asked you to pray a simple prayer, and I hope you've continued to pray it. And it's this, God, I want more of you. I want more of you. Whatever that looks like, I just want to know you more. And some of you guys who may say, you know what, I don't really want more of God. I hope that you would say, well, I wish I wanted more of God. Let that be your prayer. God, that guy on the stage was talking about wanting more of you. If I'm honest, I don't really want more of you, but I kind of wish I did. And so God, would you put that hunger in me? And so I hope week one, that was kind of the start and the launching pad for us. But then last week, we began to talk about something from a little bit of a different angle. We began to say, it's got to be more than saying, all right, God, I want you because I kind of feel like if I don't want you, you're going to get mad at me. I'll spend time with you because I don't want you to get upset with me. Because if you get upset with me, I feel like you're just going to do something bad to me. You're going to get me. You're going to zap me. Something bad's going to happen. And I really don't want that to happen. So I guess I'll appease you and I'll do what you want. And I'll, you know, kind of pretend and fake that I really want more of you when I really don't. And, and so last week we just really talked about that when it comes to prayer. This idea that when it comes to prayer, a lot of us go into it thinking, I guess I should do it. If I don't do it, God will get angry. So I should do it, so I will do it. I don't want to do it, but I will do it. And we talked about how crazy that was. What a crazy mindset that we all have sometimes about prayer. Because the truth about prayer is that when you and I pray and we go to God, we are led to some amazing things like worship, surrender, provision, forgiveness, and strength. We find all that in that prayer that Jesus taught his followers. And so I hope over this last week, you didn't go to God like, hey God, I'm going to do you a favor now and pray. I hope you went to God and said, God, I need you. I got to end up here at worship and surrender and I need some provision from you and I need some forgiveness from you and the ability to forgive others and I need some strength. And so I hope this past week you saw prayer for what it is, a tremendous gift and an opportunity. Now tonight I want to talk with you about something else that'll get you more of God and it's his word. I want to talk with you about God's word. Now when I say that, there's a bunch of thoughts that went off in different of your heads, okay? Um, If you're a new Christian or a Christian maybe who isn't so excited about God's word, the thought went through your head, oh, I just, if I'm honest, Doug, I read God's word and I, it puts me to sleep. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It doesn't make a difference in my life. And so I hope tonight to begin to change your mind a little bit, okay? Then there are some more of you guys and you enjoy God's word. 
Uh, you enjoy time in God's word. And here's the thing I want to kind of just bring out. I want to bring out a little bit the motivation behind why you enjoy God's word. Okay? Why you enjoyed taking the Bible and reading it and trying to learn more about God. Okay? Because I think some of us here in the room who enjoy that time with God, we're kind of type A people, okay? Which means we like lists and we like to do's. And when we have read our Bible, we can kind of cross off that, cross off that to do off our list and then we kind of feel good. And we kind of feel like God's like, hey, you did it. Good job, you know? And we kind of feel this almost applause coming from God. And that's, if we're honest, if we could look into our own heart, that's why we enjoy that time. Because we feel like we're doing what we're supposed to do. Some of us in the room, if we're honest, we read God's word because we like to learn new stuff. And you know what? That is a great thing. Learning new stuff and, and open up scripture and finding out new things is really good. But if that's as far as it goes, then we're in big trouble. If we get it up here, but it never makes it to down here, then we've completely missed the whole point and the whole purpose. And there's others of you guys in the room who, if you were honest, the reason you love to read the scriptures is because you're finding new arguments and points to back up your argument with other friends in these deep theological discussions. Not the point, okay, right? Being able to put somebody in their place with scripture, that's it, right? God's up there going, yeah, go get them, right? You know, so that's not the point. Then there are some of you guys, you just love God's word, straight up, man. You're in there for the right reasons. You enjoy God's word. And you're thinking, Doug, I gotta be honest, I can't believe you're talking about this. This is kind of like a beginner topic, a beginner subject. I already got this. I already live this. I already love this. I don't know why you're talking about this. Maybe you're thinking tonight, Doug, I've been coming to the church for a few years and I've even heard you talk about God's word before. I've heard you talk about the importance of it. So why bring it up again? And I'll tell you why, you know? Especially at the six o'clock, there were some people much older than me. There were some people at our six o'clock service who have been Christians longer than I've been alive. And so here I am preaching to them who probably know more, may know more about God's word than I do, right? So why should they listen? Why should you listen tonight if that's you? Here's why. Uh, because here at this church, this is what we believe God's called us to do. He has called us to help people take scripture and apply it to their lives right where they live every day, right where the rubber meets the road, right? I mean, learning new things about God is great. I pray that happens here. But more than learning new things, we want you living these things. I need to be living these things. And so if you've heard me talk about scripture before and the importance of it and the benefit of it, I want to tell you something. I believe it's absolutely God's heart that you pay attention tonight. And the reason I think that is because of this. Um, I, I, I enjoy playing softball. We have a softball team here, and um, I, I played when I was a kid. We, I've played for the past few years, and um, I, I know the number one way to screw up hitting is this. It's to take your eye off the ball. Number one way. If you want to be a bad hitter, you go get them. Take your eye off the ball, all right? Number one way you could do it. So you know what happens because of that? I told my son, who's eight years old, I said, buddy, every time I get up at the plate, I want you to tell me one thing. Any guy in this room who's on our softball team can tell you what he says. And they all laugh because it's kind of a joke now because literally he does it every single time. Dad, keep your eye on the ball. He yells it and everyone kind of laughs. But for me, I'm going, that's right. I'm going, thank you, Cade. Good boy, right? You're getting a raise in your allowance, which doesn't exist. Good. And so I get up there and you know what? I got my eye on the ball. Now, let me ask you a question. When I was at the plate, did I know I should keep my eye on the ball? Yes. Have I kept my eye on, on the ball in the past? Sometimes. But here I am needing to hear what I know again. And you know what? My first at bat, he tells me that. And if I get a good hit or a bad hit, he comes up my next hit and he tells me that again, like 15 minutes later, right? And then he does it however many times I get up. My son is there telling me, dad, keep your eye 
on the ball. And you know what? Whether you've heard me talk about God's word or even if you come from another church and your pastor talked about it this morning, I believe that what you need to hear tonight is keep your eye on the ball. Is even if you are a passionate follower of God and you love God's word already, I think you need the constant reminder and the encouragement to keep your eye right on God's word. To, to let that passion and that love for it increase and grow and intensify. I mean, I got guys in this room who preach God's word. I believe, you know what, you need to hear this tonight. You know what, I believe I needed to speak this tonight. Last week, I talked about prayer, right? Three days later, I'm driving in my car and I'm listening back to the message. I always listen to the message, see how I can improve and what I could do better and kind of grow as a preacher and communicator. And I'm sitting there three days after I preached the message and I'm going, I really need to hear this right now. Wait a minute, I'm the guy who preached it. I know it. Those are my words that I'm listening to and I'm sitting there going, wow, I really needed the reminder of what prayer does. Because to be honest with you, I uh, had a rough week with some of the stuff going on with my mom and, and she's battling brain cancer and just seeing some things go on and, and that. And by Wednesday, three days after I had preached the message, I needed to be reminded of the power of prayer and of the faithfulness of God and that I needed to keep going and that it was worth it to keep on praying and seeking God for what I know is impossible outside of God coming through and doing something great. So you know what? I believe no matter where you are, whether you are new to this and you don't even understand scripture at all, or you could get into a huge, you know, awesome conversation about theology later and tell me the Greek and the Hebrew and all that, which is great, go for it. But no matter who you are, I believe we need to be hearing this stuff. I, need, we, I believe we need to be hearing more and more, how does this play out in my life? All right, I know I need to be in God's word, but how does it actually benefit me? Why should I do it? What, what is it about God's word and scripture that should get me so excited? Because if we're honest, many of us aren't all that excited about God's word. And so I hope tonight you're just ready to go. No matter who you are, no matter what you come from, I hope that you're just ready. Um, I even think of scripture. Like if you're here going, Doug, I've heard you talk about this before. I think of scripture, how repetitive it is. How like all these different people uh, God continues to repeat, like, you know, this, is, uh, this honors me, and, and, you know, don't go that way, because, man, it's going to mess you up. And, 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 you know, it's there because it's not just about getting knowledge. It's about then taking that knowledge and living it, and God knows that we need it. And so he inspires Matthew, and he inspires, you know, John and Peter and Paul and all these guys, James and Jude, to write very similar things because he knows something about us. We need to hear it again and again and again, so this is a new message. I've not, it's not like I took one from, you know, 2010 and just, you know, revamped it. Completely new stuff, but similar topic you need to hear, and I need to hear about God's Word. And so if you're not a Christian tonight, you might come in here thinking, man, you know, I, I've tried to read some of the Bible. I've tried to listen to a few messages here and there. It just doesn't do much for me. I've got to be honest. I, I hope tonight, by the end of this night, uh, you will have changed your mind. I hope that something will have changed in your heart as you see the benefits of getting into the Bible. Uh, probably all of us have seen at least pictures of, many of us have probably watched along when they come out with a new iPhone, right? When they come out with a new iPhone, they call all the media, they get everybody together, and what do they do? For like an hour and a half, all they do is tell you why you need it, right? They tell you all the benefits, 
right? And, and, there, and Tim, so Tim Cook stands on stage, and this isn't the five, so I'm not that cool, but he stands on stage and he tells you it's got GPS and it's got, you know, this and that and the Siri and you can, you know, talk to it and it can do this and that for you. And, and, and then this other guy gets on stage, uh, actually not on stage, usually he's on video. I think his name is Johnny Ives. He's one of the guys over there and he's got this great accent and it's so funny because he thinks the iPhone is the greatest thing that has ever existed on planet Earth and he's so excited. He's like, it'll change your life like never before, you know, and he's just so fired up about it and, and, and I mean, it's like just, you know, this thing will deliver children for you if you need it, you know, I mean, he's just like, it's like so over the top, you know, like iPhone 7, right? You get mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, you know, I mean, just what, you know? So you never know. But, but this guy's so pumped about it. And then he get, you know, his video ends and then Tim Cook gets, gets back up on stage. And this is why you need it. And that's why you need it. And you know what? Tonight, what I want to do is I just simply want to say that in the same way they pick up the iPhone and say, this is why you need it. This is why you should be excited about it. And usually they're preaching to people who already have an iPhone in their pocket. Right? That's all of us tuning in going, oh, wow, what did they do with this one? Oh, it's longer and lighter. Oh, that changes my life incredibly. You know, okay. You know, and... and and, and, and usually they're preaching to the people who already love this. And so maybe you're here tonight going, I already love this. Why do I need to hear this? Well, because we need the reminder and we need to know the benefits of what this book can do in our lives. Because whether you know it or not, or you've experienced it or not, this book can change you. And so we're going to look tonight at a psalm that David wrote. And it's actually a really cool psalm. It's Psalm 119. And it's so cool because what we know about this psalm is this that David didn't sit down at a table and say, I'm going to write Psalm 119 right now. What happened was David, as he lived life, journaled. And he often wrote things down about his love for God's word or what God's word could do for him. So he kind of wrote this all down in a journal. And then eventually, at one point, he went back to his journal. He looked at all the entries about God's word and he put them into a poem, which is Psalm 119. And he took the letter letters from the Hebrew alphabet, and he started each stanza with a new letter, and there's eight stanzas in each line, and he went through this whole thing, and I know that each one of you guys has done something similar about God's Word, right? We've all written poems about God's Word, isn't that right? No, 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 see, David knew something about God's Word we don't know, because if you write a poem about something, you're pretty fired up about it, okay? So David was really fired up about God's Word. He knew something about God's Word that we must not know, because his passion for it is incredible. And if you think about it, think about this. David didn't even have what you and I have. You and I have all the verses about Jesus. We have the New Testament. We have seen Jesus come and die for us and rise back from the dead. David didn't have that. Basically what he had was Israel's history and the law. And he's all pumped up about it and all excited about it. And it's because he knows something about scripture that you and I must not. And so tonight we're going to look at a bunch of benefits. Psalm 119 is really long. We're not going to read anywhere near most of it. We're going to skip through some of it, but we're going to see tons of benefits, just like the iPhone 5, tons of benefits, why you need this. And so Psalm 119, verse 9, says this, How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? See, I think that's a huge find. Because... I would guess the number one problem, if we were to take a tally tonight, which we won't, in this room and in the, among the people in this room is purity. I would guess our number one struggle collectively is how we handle our sexuality, what we look at, what we think about. 
And David just said something really powerful. He just said, how can a young man or woman, right, keep their way pure? By living according to your word. So you mean if I take God's word and I get it inside me and I begin to apply what it says, it'll actually affect my thought life? It'll affect the strength and the self-control I have to honor God with my sexuality and the things that I look, about, look at and think about? Well, that's what David's telling us. He's telling us that God's word will actually be a purifying agent. I want you to think about it this way. Um, I'm just going to pick up God's greatest creation. Let's take a second and worship. I'll tell you, God is good. Um, you know what? I just want you to imagine this is your life. And you know what? In our lives, because of things that we've done, because of choices that we've made, because of the past, we have all kind of gotten junk in us. We've gotten impurity in us, this dark stain. Uh, many of us, some of you guys are high school, but many of you are college, young adult and, and above, and, and you could still remember stuff that you looked at when you were a kid. You can still remember you know, pornographic images. You can remember sexual experiences. You can remember thoughts or temptations and stuff like that. And, and you know, here we are living with all this junk, all this guilt, regret, all this stuff, And what David is telling us is that when you take God's word and you let it infuse your life and you pour it in and over your life, it very, very powerfully purifies until you no longer have this remembrance. You no longer have that nagging guilt. I can tell you that by God's grace, the nagging guilt and regret that I remember, like say from my college and high school years of purity issues, God has very powerfully brought freedom. A lot of that gunk, a lot of that junk, a lot of the purity stuff, by God's grace, he has really brought tremendous freedom to my life. And I know that a big part of it, a big key to it, was going, I'm gonna get serious about your word. And when his word gets in me, it brings about a new new purity and a new strength in my heart, in my mind, in my thought life, And I know that many of you guys have experienced that. I know many of you guys want to experience that. And so if you're coming tonight thinking, I should get into God's word because he wants me to. I should get into God's word, do him a favor because I know he's up there and he's really just begging me to get into his word or he's not going to be okay. I should get into God's word because he's going to get angry at me if I don't. No, you should get into God's word because it will purify you. It will begin to change you. It will begin to remove the guilt, the regret, and some of that just sexual sin if we're just being straight. And so I hope tonight you would say, wow, it's not about keeping God happy. It's about a loving God who wants me to find freedom and purity. I feel like I just did an OxyClean commercial, but that's all right. Um, Verse 10, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I what? That I what? What does God's word do? It, It actually... When we get it in our heart, it gives us the ability to not sin against God. So suddenly there's victory over sin in our lives just simply because we have said, okay, God, I'm going to open your word. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to try to learn and grow and apply it. And as we do that, more and more we're seeing that God's going to say, okay, well, as you do that, you're going to see more and more victory in your life over those things that come to you. Maybe you're here tonight going, purity is not my thing, man. That's not my struggle. It's, it's gossip. It's anger. It's hate. It's unforgiveness. It's jealousy. It's pride. 
I don't know what your thing is, but, but what David is telling us here is that when we hide this in our hearts, when we get this in us, we will begin to see victory over sin and the struggles in our lives. You know why that is? It's for a couple of reasons. Because when you open this book up and you begin to read it, well, suddenly you begin to see how God wants you to live. And that's a powerful thing. But you know what the Bible says about itself? It says that it's living and active. And so this is not like reading Hunger Games. Okay? This is not like reading Lord of the Rings. This is alive. And so you open this thing up and you're not just reading words and being entertained, you're actually being changed. And so there comes victory for the sin in your life and the struggles in your life. And we're not gonna be perfect this side of heaven, but you, sh- you begin to see change as God and his word get inside you. And David's pumped about this. So he's writing a poem about this, going, God, purity, God, victory over sin. And then he just kind of has here, he has a, a Johnny Ives moment where he just freaks out. You know, and he just starts going crazy about how great God is, just like Johnny Ives going crazy about how the iPhone is. And, and, and David just goes like this. He goes, praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. And remember, we're talking about the law, okay? With my lips, I recount all the laws that came from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. He's just so excited about God's word because he gets it. He gets it's not about making God happy, although we should want to make God happy. It's about a loving God who wants to know us and wants us to know him and find life in and through him and his word. And then we find another benefit. Verse 28 says, my soul's weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. You ever have those mornings you wake up and like, I got no strength, God. I'm pretty sure I actually did that this morning without even thinking about this verse. I just woke up and I was just like, oh no. You know, just like, oh, this ain't happening. You know, like, like, God help me, you know. And I literally think I said the words, God, I need strength this morning when I woke up. Uh, Life has been crazy. It feels like it's going at 100 miles an hour. Um, Just so much, a lot of pressure, a lot of just stuff. And I know we all have those days and we just gotta go, God, God, I need strength. I need strength, God. I'm just at the end of myself, and I need your strength. And so would you come through according to your word, according to your word, strengthen me according to your word. Have you ever thought that? I I don't know that I ever have. I don't know if I've ever opened the Bible and said, I just need some strength today, man. I think I've prayed that, God give me strength, but I don't know that I've actually opened the Bible and said, I'm going to the Bible now because I need strength to honor God with my life and to do what he's called me to do. And so, man, imagine that. Imagine going to your, to, your, to your Bible app on your phone and opening that thing up, going, I'm ready for some strength, Lord. I just need you now. I know that I've opened up God's word and, and without thinking I need strength, but I've found strength in it. I know I've opened up God's word and I've been this you know, arrogant, angry, idiotic jerk in the moment and I got this big issue with God and this and that. Or why haven't you come through? Why haven't you done this and that? And, and by the time I close the book, it's like, who was that other guy who opened the book? because God just comes through and gives a great strength in the midst of that. Next one, verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees, then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. And the verse 35 is the key here. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Direct me. God, direct me. I would guess behind purity, 
number two prayer prayed by the people in this room at this time in your life is, God, what do you got for me? God, give me direction. God, show me what I'm doing and where I'm going. God, speak to me. You know, I think we often pray and say, God, speak to me. But we don't ever think to actually open this. I mean, God does speak. Happens every week here at Collision in the prayer time. God, God does awesome things and he will speak to you and he will lead you. But it's always got to come out of what direction you find in here. And the only way you know if God's actually speaking to you and it's not just Taco Bell is if you know this word and you're sure that what this word says lines up with what you feel God's speaking to you. Okay, because sometimes you eat Taco Bell and you feel sick and you feel strange and you can't. I heard you say what? Like you didn't get it. Okay, so I got you. All right, cool. All right, direction, right? And so some of you guys are thinking, well, man, I got a real issue with this person. There's a, there's a struggle, there's a tension in our relationship. What do I do? And guess what? God's word tells you that. Some of you guys are thinking, who am I supposed to marry? Now, it's not gonna say like tall brunette, you know, okay? But it will say, this is what her heart should look like. It will say, this is what his heart should look like. This is the features. These are the things that you should look for. Some of you guys are going, where should I go to school or where should I work? Or it's not gonna tell you, you know, like uh, down south or out east. Or, like, it, but it will tell you the kind of person you want to work for and the kind of person that you should be as a worker. And so, man, diving into God's word brings incredible direction and guidance. Next one's gonna surprise you. Verse 43, do not snatch the word of truth from my mouth for I have put my hope in your laws. I will obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom for I've sought out your precepts. I'll walk about in what? In freedom. Do you know that God's word brings freedom? Now, if you're here tonight, especially if you're not a Christian, you're going, see, I thought God's word brought the opposite of freedom. I thought all it did was tell you what you can't do, right? Don't have sex outside of marriage. Don't do drugs. Don't drink. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt others, right? And you're sitting there going, come on, man, that's not freedom. That's a chain. That's bondage. Well, it might seem that way at first, until you meet someone who has done drugs to the point that it destroyed their life and their family and their marriage and their relationship with their kids and they have no money and their whole world's broken. And then you realize that the drug is the chain, not the freedom. And God's word is the freedom, not the chain, because God is trying to protect your freedom. He's trying to protect your life. And so he comes at you as a good dad and he says, look, in my word, you'll find freedom. You'll find that as you follow what I'm saying, you will see that I'm just trying to protect you. I mean, who created fun? God created fun. He wants to protect your fun. He wants to protect your life. And so when you jump in his word, you'll find the freedom to really be alive, to really truly have fun and joy and life in him. I'm gonna jump down to verse 50. He says this, my comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Well, what's he saying? I mean, the promise that preserves our life is found where? In God's word. And, and so what David is saying is, you are my comfort in suffering. I would guess a whole ton of you are looking for that. You are looking for some kind of comfort. You are suffering deeply, a bad breakup, financial stuff, not knowing what to do with your life, no jobs on the market right now illness in your body or someone you care for suffering and you're going God I just need comfort and I'll tell you what when you open up God's word and you can read a verse like Romans 8 28 that says 
that God works all things for good for those who love him. You find comfort. And you open up a, 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 the Bible and it says, Romans eight thirty seven that you're more than a conqueror through him who loves you. It gives you comfort. I remember being in college and going through a really, really, really stressful time in my life. And I was trying to make a lot of decisions. And I had a physical pain right here in my side. There's a physical pain. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about once in a while. You're just so stressed to that, that point. You're just like, ah, like I, like I just have this, this like constant gnawing pain in my stomach. And so I remember I'd be opening up Psalms and I'd be reading and I would just be finding some comfort. And I remember one night I literally fell asleep with the Bible like on my pain, like right there, like osmosis might take place, you know, like the living active thing might do something real there, you know. But I just remember finding such comfort in the midst of brokenness. And I would guess that if you've opened your Bible during a time of brokenness or suffering that you have found the same thing. And so, again, guys, are you seeing the benefits? Tim Cook stands up, goes, benefit, benefit, benefit. Get this. You need this. And we'll go, okay, oh, 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 I do need that. But we're so much more passionate about this than this, aren't we? And David's just trying to get us to go, you need this, man. You need to get into God's word. I just want to skip down to verse 72. And David has a Johnny Ives moment again. He says this. He says, the law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. You know what's so powerful about that? David had thousands of pieces of silver and gold. And so basically what he's saying is, I would trade it. I would trade it. If, if you're sitting here, man, you've got a big heap of my silver and gold, where you have the law, the God, God's precepts over here, he goes, I'm taking that. I'm taking that. I, I need scripture. I need God's word more than I need any of that. And so are you seeing tonight? It's not about being sure you don't have God angry with you. No, it's an invitation from a loving God saying, I want you to know me and I want you to know purity. I want you to know what it's like to have victory over sin. I want you to know what it's like to have comfort in suffering. I want you to know what it is to have my direction for your life. And so we see these powerful benefits and it's like, why aren't we running toward this, man? Why aren't we going for this with all that we are? If those are the things that will happen, why aren't we wanting more of this? Some of you guys might need to pray the prayer David prays in verse 18. He says this, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. See, some of you guys don't want this because your experience hasn't been David's. Because you open the Bible and you're like, it bores me, I don't get it, I don't understand it. Look what David prayed. Open my eyes, God, help me to see. Help me to get it. Maybe you need to take out your Bible app or take out your note on your phone and, and write down Psalm 119, verse 18, and pray this prayer. God, open my eyes so when I look at your word, I get it. And it makes sense to me and I understand it. I'm able to see it clearly and then apply it to my life so I actually change. I'll tell you, I really didn't like God's word for a long time. It bored me. I fell asleep. Didn't understand it. I did it because I didn't want God mad at me. I read because I didn't want God mad at me. And now, I'll tell you, I love God's word. It, it really, truly, daily brings encouragement and strength and life to me. And now, you know, as I write a message, 
I sit there and I got the blank page on my computer. And sometimes it's a little intimidating. But you know what? Once I get the verses on the screen, I'm like, let's do this, man. Let's tear this apart. Let's figure out what it's saying. Let's see what God is trying to say to me and to our church. And I love, love, love looking at scripture. That's coming from a guy who used to think it was boring and irrelevant. And so I'll tell you what, God answers that prayer. When you say to him, open my eyes and help me to see it, God, he will do that. I continue to pray that prayer. Our staff continues to pray that prayer. God, open our eyes, help us to see things in your word that we can just bring out and help people know who you are and how to live their lives. So here's what I want you guys to catch tonight. I want you to understand that God's word will transform us. Reading God's word will transform you. What does it transform you from? An impure person into one who's growing in purity. One who's just getting their butts kicked by sin into one who's beginning to see some victory over sin. Somebody who has no clue what they're supposed to do or where they're supposed to go to somebody who now has direction. Somebody who's suffering terribly to someone who finds comfort in their suffering. Someone who has no strength to someone who's now going, God, you're my strength and you have shown me once again that you give to those who are in need. Anybody feel like you should open up your Bible because God's gonna be mad at you if you don't? Or do you feel like you could open your Bible because there are tremendous benefits to jumping into God's word and saying, God, I wanna know you more and I wanna know your word more. I'll tell you this, if you wanna know God more, you cannot do it without knowing this more. Impossible. You will get way off the deep end in all kinds of weird and wacky places. You need his word. Two things and then we'll close. What do you ask when you read scripture? Some of you guys have heard me talk about this before. So important. Two questions that you have to ask when you're reading scripture. The first one is this. What was the writer trying to say? What was the writer trying to say? Because see, God wrote scripture through men. Okay, and so you gotta ask this question. What was the writer trying to say? Let's say we're reading the book of Matthew. You, you gotta be sitting there going, okay, what was Matthew trying to say? Not what do I think Matthew was saying? What do I wish Matthew was saying? I don't agree with this particular you know, take on it, so I'm gonna make it kind of just twist into what I think it's saying. That's when you get yourself in huge trouble. Now you gotta say, God, what was Matthew trying to say? He's, he's here trying to tell me about your death and your resurrection, all this awesome stuff. God, help me to understand what he meant when he wrote it. I mean, imagine me writing a letter to you and then you being able to take it and twist it and turn it into stuff I never meant it to say. That'd be really devastating to our relationship probably. Well, the same is true of God. God's going, look, I inspired Matthew to write my word and I meant something when I inspired him to write it. So don't take it and twist it into what you wish it said. And so ask that question, God, what? What, what, are you, what are you trying to say here? What was Matthew, when he wrote these words, trying to say? There's some great resources to help you understand that. Uh, BibleGateway.com has commentaries on there. You can learn from guys like Matthew Henry and John Gill and all these other guys who are way smarter than me. And they will tell you, if you're struggling with a certain verse, what does this mean? So I, I'll be real. Sometimes I'm looking at stuff, I'm like, whoa, I have no idea what to make of that. And I look at one of what these guys says, and they help me out. Um, there's also a really great program called Accordance, and it only runs on Mac, and that's because God uses Macs only. Um, and uh, 
I should get proceeds, man. I should totally get proceeds. Um, but uh, it's a little bit expensive, but it's amazing. If you want to get into the Greek and the Hebrew and all that kind of stuff, which I say go for it, um, I'd love to talk with you after about how to get that. Amazing, amazing program. But there are tons of tools. Um, BibleStudyTools.com is another great one. And ask questions, man. Email me. Email our staff. We would love to talk. Email a friend or talk with a friend who brought you. Maybe he's been a Christian longer. Like, let's just figure it out. So first question, what did the writer mean? What was he trying to say? And the second question, which is so huge, how will it change my life? How will it change my life? Okay, I heard it. I get it. That was the knowledge thing. It's up in my head now. Now I know. Keep your eye on the ball, right? But now I got to apply it. I got to let it change me. And so what was, it, what was the writer trying to say? How will it change my life? And you pray that prayer. God, open my eyes. God, help me to see. Help me to get it. And I'll tell you what. You will want more of God. And you will want more of his word. And when you want more of his word, you can't help but have a closer relationship with Jesus. And so I would encourage you guys to take this to heart tonight, to, to see me as Tim Cook standing up on the stage going, this is why you need this. Tim, Tim Cook doesn't get up on stage and say, I want you to buy this because I'll be really upset with you if you don't. That's a terrible marketing technique. I'll tell you what, God doesn't get up and say, I really want you to read this because I'm just gonna hate you if you don't. No, he says, I love you. I redeemed you through my son and I want you to know me and I want you to know what's available to you through this relationship. I want you to have more of me. And so please let me transform your life through my word. Let's pray. God, we just look to you now and we ask for your help, God. God, this is something that uh, we just really can struggle with we can all go through times where we feel like, you know, the Bible just isn't making sense. We feel like it's a little bit dry. Even, even those in the room that would say, man, I love God's word and I, I study it and I know it well. Man, we all have our days where it just feels like words on a page. And so God, we just pray no matter where we are, if we're a new Christian or we're not even a Christian yet, and we're trying to figure out what your word is all about, all the way down to the maturest believer in this room right now, God that you would just help all of us have a passionate love for your word. God, do a miracle in our hearts, God. Give us this passion, Lord. We want to be like David. I pray next week we'd all come back with our poems about how much we delight in your word, about how we had to hide it in our hearts because we wanted to be pure and we wanted to find victory over sin, how it gave us strength, how it gave us comfort in our suffering, how it gave us direction, and the other probably hundred benefits that Psalm 119 lists. And so, God, we love you. We want to know you more. And one of the best ways to know you more is to know your word more. And so lead us to it. Help us to understand what you were trying to say. And help us then to be able to apply it to our lives to see incredible change. If you're a Christian, would you bring that before God now? Would you ask him for a greater passion and a love for his word? If you're not a Christian, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to God tonight. You know, you might be sitting here going, how can I trust the Bible? One of the ways you know you can trust the Bible is that it was written over a span of 1,500 years by over 40 different authors, three different languages. Most of them didn't know each other, lived in different continents at different times, and they all say the same thing. They all say 
that there's this God who loves us. There's this God who has a plan to redeem mankind from their sin. That this man Jesus came and he died publicly. He rose again publicly and that he changed their lives. And that's what I'm here saying 2,000 years later. And so tonight, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus and you want to begin to try to understand what his word says, then I want to just ask you to begin a conversation with God by praying something like this. Just silently between you and him, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for giving your life for me and taking my place that when I deserve death for my sin, you died to give me life. And I pray that you would be my savior and my God, that I'd spend eternity with you and that you would give me an incredible love and an understanding for your word. In your name I pray, amen.